Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southside Chat Podcast. Podcast that helps you stay outside with the Chicago Red Stars. It's your girl Sandra, ready to recap an epic Red Stars victory. Talking about a big game, a huge win, uh, epic attendance. So much happening this night. So much that we have to unpack, and I could not do it alone. No one could ever do it alone. So I'm here tonight with my friend, homie, and colleague Claire Watkins, aka the Scam Originator. How you doing tonight, Claire? Good. I'm dealing with a little bit of emotional whiplash, I think. <laughs> uh, shout out to the cranberries, cause it lingers. <laughs> it lingers, my dude. Yeah. It's it's it's. <laughs> It's Tuesday evening for us, and uh, it's we're still we're still feeling it. Yeah, that was wild. I it yeah it's I definitely I mean this is well probably this will develop as as the as we look back back on the year, but um, having covered having stayed home and covered the team during this World Cup break, and then having this weekend happen has been a real it's been a real ride it's been crazy this was a good part (laughs) yes this this was it all it all felt like it was building up to this moment oddly so let's dive right into this we have chicago red stars taking on north carolina courage and what was billed as a world cup welcome back match and it was a huge deal so much of the backdrop was set for this match High attendance figures, uh, announcing a lower bowl sellout, opening up the upper deck portion of the stadium for the very first time in Red Stars NWSL history. Uh, so a lot of big deal, like heading into Sunday's match. And a big part of that was all these World Cup players who were going to be on the pitch uh, for the first time since the, the World Cup has ended. So the Red Stars welcome back uh, Alyssa Nair, Tina Davidson, uh, Julie Ertz and Morgan Bryan. In heading into the the match, uh, we weren't too sure what the Red Stars uh, lineup was going to be looking like because even though the Red Stars had sort of gone through some things right during during this World Cup portion of the schedule, uh, there were some really great individual performances for for some of these players. And so when the Red Stars announced their starting lineup, they they lined up they lined up with as follows. They had Alyssa Nair in net, uh Tanner Davidson, Sarah Gordon, Katie Naughton, Casey Short running out the back line, Julie Ertz, Morgan Bryan, uh, Vanessa Di Bernardo, Yuki Nagasato, Aaron Wright, and Sam Kerr rounding out that top line. <laughs> I love how you said that like it was normal. Yeah. You were like, here's a normal lineup that the Red Stars do it all the was, time. <laughs> it was completely 100% regular. <laughs> and by regular, I mean, no, the hell it was not. And also, it was kind of amazing. It was incredible. Yeah. It was incredible. So as far as our first impressions, we could both agree that it was incredible. I we love were very, it. We're very excited to see Turner Davidson at outside back. And personally, I was really ecstatic to see Sarah Gordon keep her role yeah. as the starting center back right. in this back line. Yeah. And that's what I'm talking about when we're talking about individual performances that really stood out during these last uh, four to six weeks. Uh, Sarah Gordon has been playing out of her mind. She's been playing outrageously good at center back. And she has played so well that she forced her coaching staff to make this decision. And uh, I think it paid off. What were some of your impressions of this starting lineup when you saw it? I mean, uh... I have a number of thoughts. Mm. Uh, okay, so let's start with the back line. Yeah, Sarah Gordon and Katie Naughton, they're sticking, they're keeping the gang together for at least another week. Um, Tina Davidson at outside back. So, you know, I, I think when, when they when they premiered this lineup, people had questions. Davidson did play it outside back in week three, or f- maybe two or three, three or four. Um, for Chicago. Um, Correct. Uh, it was just before they left for the World Cup. Right. And then um, and obviously she did a game at outside back for the U.S. Um, in the group stage. It's something she can do. I'm, I'm going to put a flyer out. This is just my speculation. What I think would not be shocked if Tierna Davidson did not become an outside back um, for country in the future. Seems like that's where she's being groomed, which makes sense. Um the U.S. has a ton of center back depth. They need more help on the outside, and she seems incredibly capable of doing that. 
Um, and then, so putting, <laughs> uh, oh, but then also, so let's move forward. Uh, Julie Ertz in the midfield, obviously, you know, we are sometimes of the opinion and there are other people who think that Julie Ertz for Chicago maybe is best served um, as a center back. But that only makes sense if Danny Colaprico can play. And if it seems like for the last two weeks, Colaprico, she's dealing with some sort of a left knee flare-up. Um, she's looked tired for much of this season. She looks like she really needed a break. Um, so obviously, if Danny Colaprico can't play, you put Julie Ertz at your six, you can do a lot worse. Uh, Morgan Bryan and Vanessa Renardo, that's not shocking. But putting Aaron right up top... Um, it, in a way, it's hilarious because we love we love the way that Aaron Wright plays. She plays free as a bird. She's flying. She's soaring through the field, finding the ball, <laughs> kicking the ball, going, just doing her thing, and we love it. Um, so putting her at forward felt um, it felt like kind of acquiescing to 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 her tendencies and her strengths, and then also who she had behind her. Obviously, we had Davidson. But it also, and as the game played out, um, you know, Rory Dames talked about postgame. He talked about how they had a number of players who started that they didn't know how long they were going to go. And so putting Aaron Wright, who is healthy, on the field at forward means that you don't have to burn a sub on your defense because she, as we saw at halftime, can come back and and move into that left-back position Um once a sub has to be made and then they can sub a forward and everything's great. So it seemed like it was very smart because obviously, and it obviously paid dividends and, and we'll get into what actually happened in the game, but this is Aaron, Wright. You know, this plays to her strengths. I think she looked comfortable up there. And then also it was very smart in that she could come back without having to burn a like for like defensive sub later in the game. It was, smart and dare we say that it was a uh, smart coaching yeah can you believe I think, <laughs> I think that uh there's some people out there who feel some type of way about the red stars and it comes to their sort of formation and their style of play or have been said that it's maybe been predictable and i think that having rolled out with this sort of lineup was a nice kind of flex uh for the second half of the season and right from kickoff uh I think you and I probably have to speak a little bit on sort of the environment that was building up to the first whistle okay can we briefly I part of that can we talk about the weather for a second Yo, we had an insane weekend of weather. <laughs> Why Chicago? Oh man, <laughs> every I... type, every type of weather. I'm shocked it didn't snow. She just wants to put me through the ringer, man, and <laughs> I just keep coming back for more. Yeah. Like it's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, yeah, and and just Sunday specifically. Yeah, like the types of weather that just rolled through, going from sort of just sort of having like a little you know sun with a chance of clouds so it's just being completely gray yeah and there being massive rain and lightning for people who don't know there was literally a power outage yep. for at least an hour at seat geek stadium prior to things getting settled and kicking off yep. uh, i believe it might have been around the noon or one o'clock uh time stab when this sort of went into effect which is uh scary considering uh, the type of environment and crowd that they were expecting. Right. Uh, we also, and- but we did also get very lucky because we were dealing with the same heat wave as most of the rest of the country. Um, but it broke on Saturday evening, which I think was early. A lot of people didn't get that front that we got. I think we were just north enough. Um, so our heat wave broke a day earlier than a lot of other people's, and so it at least meant that it wasn't ninety nine degrees. Um, on Sunday night yeah once the rain got over itself and actually happened took away some of that humidity and uh what we were left with was uh some pretty nice soccer weather it was great yeah you say so uh myself and um as the rain sort of subsided and the gates you know opened at 3 30 for people to start sort of uh, entering into the facility 
you just right away noticed how different the vibe was within this stadium um, right from from the jump. You're talking about we were probably there at least an hour, right, hour and a half before mm-hmm. before kickoff and just sort of taking it all in and um, just sort of absorbing what was about to happen. Um, ESPN, this this was the match that was aired on ESPN2. Um, so just different um, vibe in regard to sort of uh, the production quality uh, going into putting together this match. And uh, it felt really nice. And on a personal level, it was uh, really special to be able to witness, be there to witness that um, and play a really dumb, stupid, small, like little incremental even part of that uh, and being there uh, with you, you know, and then being there with somebody like uh, our boy, our other friend, homie and colleague, uh, John D. Halloran. And, yeah. Um, the Back three of town. us, the three of us being able to, to sit together and represent the Chicago outfit and just sort of uh, taking that game. And uh, it really felt like something special. Um, Claire, I don't know if you've ever had it, but I know for me, uh, it was so weird to have had to have the noise Basically, there were people below us and there were right. people above us. Right. And uh, it was incredibly, incredibly special. Right. I mean, I can only speak for and, and I and when I say this, I don't want anyone to think that I'm I'm trying to cheapen the weekend by saying this. This actually shows how incredible this weekend was. Um, the the attendance for the sky blue game the night before the final, which like, obviously it was a Saturday night. It was right before the world cup final. It's really okay. But the, the, the attendance was around 2,300 people. And so the recency of going from that to over 17,000, it, it was a a wild thing to, to witness. Um, Yeah. And I I went down and I walked, I was trying to find coffee. I was trying to find coffee in SeatGeek. So I went and tried to, I walked around, you know, the, the stadium a little bit and, you know, it was just so exciting to see, to see groups of people. You saw a lot of different demographics represented. I was really impressed how many people were like geared up. They had their merch ready to go. Um, whether it was like us merch or, but it was all, it all felt very localized. Um, and I saw someone, I saw, I saw someone in, I saw someone in a Chicago red stars WPS Jersey. And I was like, Holy shit, this is amazing. Um, so yeah, just the vibe was great. Yeah. Like you said, we don't usually have, so the press box is on the opposite side. Um, so the, the press box is on the side that the camera is facing um, when you're watching at home, which is on the opposite side of the t- season ticket holders um, and, and um, perpendicular to local one, three, four. And there aren't usually people on our side of, of the field um, when it comes to attendees. And so to have that particular part and hear the crowd noise right below us was, was new. And that was very fun. Yeah, it was a really cool, incredibly special. And it was really cool to see the Harlem in there uh, really filling up and just sort of surrounding and uh, rallying behind supporters group Local 134 and sort of just really helping uplift uh, their voices and the drums and stuff like that. They rolled out with their with their very special uh, welcome back TIFO. That was very cool, sort of an ode to the train line system. Um, believe it said all aboard. It said all aboard. For, for, I thought that was great for, C, for CRS. And, I love uh, yeah, that. It was awesome, guys. Like uh, I, I tried to get a picture from the from the press box, and of course, it came out uh, as about as good as you would expect. <laughs> so, uh, but that was that was uh, all really really dope, and uh, it was also kind of funny too because I know there was a point in time where you kind of mentioned, like, there's a lot of people just hanging around on the concourse. I yeah. don't think they know how right. short soccer is. Right. No, <laughs> it, it is funny. It, 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 yeah, this is a tangent, but I guess this is the pod to do it. Um, but, yeah, it, it's um, – I mean, you can talk about, you know, concessions or whatever, and I, and I it seems like it, – it sounds like most everyone had a great experience, and that's awesome, but um, I, I it was thrown into kind of contrast where definitely, like, soccer is one of the shortest – American played sports um, shorter than a baseball game, shorter than a football, a basketball game. And um, with so many people coming in, I, I did wonder briefly if they didn't, if they didn't realize that you get there 
maybe five. This and it, again, fan, like do, do your thing. Like it was totally fine. I was more worried for them. I was like, something's gonna happen and you're gonna miss it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you can you can miss quite a bit of a soccer game if if you get a little bit late. But also, beer is important, so I respect that. Sports and beer yeah. go hand in hand. And uh, the fans got a got a show in this one, so I'm oh, pretty sure God. they had they probably had a, they probably had more than one, and they deserve to have more yeah, than one for real. Right, right from the jump, uh, Vanessa Di Bernardo uh, had herself a miss attempt uh, about two minutes into this match, uh, and it was quickly just sort of uh, back and forth, really, between these two teams. Uh, just speaking to the very sort of unique rivalry that exists between these two teams I think we knew that there was the potential there was two potential there was potential for this to be a very cool and exciting game and there was a potential for it to be possibly an ugly game like that happens sometimes when you're facing one of the best teams um, in the league but fortunately for everybody and for ESPN and everyone watching at home they got themselves a a really really good game and so probably I, I would say within the first 15 minutes uh, or so, 15 to 20 minutes or so of this match, uh, it looked like the Red Stars were absolutely 100% uh, just locked into this game. Talking about a game that you get up for, they looked uh, like they were just sort of feeding off of the environment that was put uh, in front of them. Um, Players like Vanessa DiBernardo uh, coming up and getting a shot right away. Uh, Julie Ertz (laughs) with her (laughs) pulling out, you know, busting out her dingers. throwing a, a shot like way, way, way out and the block, another block shot by, by Di Bernardo. And then the courage is coming right on back um, and being able to sort of compete with what the Red Stars were also putting in front of them. Lynn Williams getting and Jess McDonald's both like getting involved into this game very, very quickly, along with uh, Dominia, who was just honestly uh, in the sort of the first half absence of Crystal Dunn, who was on the bench for Carolina with the, uh, and a lingering ankle issue. Uh, Dabinia was just like honestly a menace on this pitch, uh, per usual, uh, for North Carolina Courage. She was really helping to set up her Courage teammates and causing a bit of a headache at times. Uh, being able to to feed them, serving these balls that just you couldn't tell if they were looking like it was going to be just a ball out of bounds or just a ball into the perfect spot of open space. And as we approached the 30th minute, uh, after some amazing saves from Alyssa Nair, who was playing in this game with this sort of ridiculous uh, swag of confidence uh, coming off her line and challenging these Courage players to shoot and getting these saves, into the 30th minute, uh, there was a bit of a hesitation, and that was really because of this ball that Debinha ended up playing through right. to Lynn Williams. It was really a bit of trickery. Yeah, I, I yeah, I mean Nair, I, right? So Alyssa Nair, we we could go on and on and on, um, but obviously the the thing about her game that people like to criticize is. Um, when she coming off the line specific, you know, seems to be the, the, the biggest talking point. And um, she came off her line like crazy in this match, which usually when Chicago plays North Carolina, they try to keep them shooting from distance. So Nair can just stop shots, but actually um, North Carolina did a really good job of getting in behind the Chicago defense, uh, which is something for Chicago to work on, but you know, it didn't kill them in this match. Um, and so Nair was called upon to really be very decisive, and she was. Uh, except that one, yeah, the thing that ended up as the North Carolina goal was like that sh- that cross from Dabinia, It when she first kicked it, you thought that was going sailing out of bounds. Everyone thought that. Yep. Um, and then it just didn't. And I think Nair also just statistically in her mind, I don't, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm editorializing, but it looks like she also thought that's a garbage ball <laughs> that balls out whatever yeah and then suddenly it stopped <laughs> right <laughs> where lynn williams was and williams for to her credit was like no 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 that's not a garbage ball Dabinia knows exactly what she's doing and so she was right there and yeah that was just one-on-one situation easy shot uh yeah great goal yeah. honestly 
Yeah, no, it was, it was, you want to talk about like a mood killer. That's exactly the type of goal that it was. Uh, Lynn William gets this, uh, gets this opening goal in the 30th minute and the crowd just went like deaf. Like yeah. it just absolutely went, they just dropped the noise for a good, at least a good, a strong, solid, like 30 seconds, <laughs> a good solid 30 seconds. It was just like very very quiet like all of a sudden it was just like oh the bad team got the goal that's not what we came here for and then once this uh once the game reset <laughs> after the goal it's for people who maybe are the more casual fan right thank you for joining us on this podcast uh but for people who might not know or aren't too familiar with carolina courage once they get that first goal you sort of have that little piece in the back of your brain that goes, uh-oh. Because right. they have the ability, this has been well-documented in all their games and, and well-reported on, but they have the ability to just sort of start attacking you in these, these waves. Uh, offensive waves. And right. so, sure enough, uh, they continue to do that. Sam Mewis started to get more involved. Just right. McDonald had a miss as well. But I do want to say, I do want to say at least for me personally, having watched the Red Stars during this World Cup break, I was less concerned, I think, than maybe I could have been when North Carolina scored. And obviously this is like, you know, the results proving whatever, but um, they looked so much better. Chicago looked yeah. so much better. I will say I was, I will agree to the, to the point and to the extent that I was less worried about that in this match, despite the type of soccer that we had seen out of the Red Stars these last four to six weeks. Right. Because... Julia to Morgan Bryant were in the midfield. Right, right, exactly. Um, and the Red Stars, to their credit, and with all of them being back together, they did not falter, right, within that sort of five to ten minute window. Man, that was After really... that goal. Yeah. Because uh, the Red Stars came right back themselves, and you had a bit of a flurry within the box, uh, sort of between Sam Kerr, Vanessa DiBernardo. Uh, there were a couple block shots. And Morgan Bryan. Dude, that Morgan she, Bryan. That was her goal. Like, she wasn't on the score sheet, but that was her goal. That Morgan goal. Bryan. I'll just say it three more times. Yeah. Morgan Bryan is a good fucking She's so good. Player. Yeah. Uh, I love when people want to talk about <laughs> Brian and her ability. Right. And I encourage people to talk to me about Morgan Brian and her ability because it allows me to figure you out because you basically tell on yourself. You tell me that you do not go here, number one. Yeah. Number two, you do not understand or appreciate the type of ability that Morgan Brian can bring to the pits. I've said this like a million times over the last two weeks, but like I'm so fascinated by the simulation that we run where Casey Short went to the World Cup and Morgan Brian stayed home because I bet Chicago's first in the league with like six more points. If Morgan Brian (laughs) was in the midfield over these quests – Four to six weeks, yeah. ridiculous. Which, which is not, that's not Casey Short slander. Casey Short's been amazing, but it, it just has to, when it comes to Chicago's specific problems, yeah, you know, she is the antidote to that as well. And I'm, I'm and I'm sure those types of things, like, were discussed. Right. Like, those types of things have to be discussed. Right. You know what I mean? And um, then you see something, and then you see this first game back with everybody back together. Right. And then you see this first goal with Morgan Bryan just possessing the hell out of this oh ball. Oh my God, she saved, it, she saved the whole it, play. Taking it wherever she wanted to take this ball. Right. And finding Aaron Wright. And Aaron Wright serves in this ridiculous, I what did I I called it a rainbow. <laughs> like she, <laughs> she in my in my recent piece for Hot Time, check it out again. I Aaron Wright serves in this in this rainbow of a ball, right? Yeah. And Sam Kerr has the Dude. presence of mind. Oh my god. The presence of mind. Yeah. To hold her run well not even so she she was she off was in a, she was in an offside position so actually so here's the deal sam kerr oh my she's uh, her movement 
her movement we is incredible. We promise we're going to talk about this goal. It's just so well, good. It's just the buildup to it was so good. So Morgan Bryan saves the play by possessing the ball, you know, up near the um the up, up near the, the line over by the corner, dings it back to Aaron Wright, who sends this ball in. Sam Kerr is in an offside position. I don't know if she's in an offside position when the ball's served or or if she actually made her way back on, but she uh, it, it's almost upsetting. It's almost upsetting. It's, it was she, <laughs> <laughs> she drops like if you watch her, she's doing like a pick play. She drops her, but she doesn't touch it. She's not in the way. She drops her arms, she backs up, and Abby Dahlkemper's eyes, I can't see them. But I can tell by the fact that Abby Dahlkemper raised her arm. Yeah, her body language. She followed Kerr and forgot about that, Di Bernardo. Yeah, and not only did the, like not only did Dahlkemper forget about Di Bernardo, but Julie Earth yeah. was making this opposite run right with Vanessa Di Bernardo. It was amazing Who to do just you, see yeah. Sam Kerr just be this pillar. She yep. was just like Moses in the Red Sea, and just like. <laughs> Parted these 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 waves for Di Bernardo and Ertz to be these options, right. and as this ball was lobbed in from Aaron Wright, Di Bernardo absolutely also had the presence of mind to sort of be patient with that her late run, run, right, and wait for this. Yep. And we always talk about Sam Kerr getting these dunks, but Di Bernardo got hers on this day. Yeah. No, that. So you want to talk about a run. player who followed through her shot, right? Homegirl was celebrating before, before it crossed, it, it the, crossed line. the line. Yeah. And she deserved that. Yeah. She deserved that. And it was what she deserved. And the crowd did not disappoint. After the courage got that opening goal, right? The crowd did go silent for about 30 seconds there. They picked back up with the level of play that the Red Stars were putting out on the pitch. And then this this goal was basically just the final rubber band around that watermelon. It just exploded. It just exploded after Vanessa DiBernardo got this goal. And it was so great to have the hometown kid getting that type of goal in this type of game in front of this crowd, this game that had been billed for weeks and months as the World Cup welcome back game. This hometown kid who's been a Chicago Red Star for her whole life right? who did not go to the World Cup. Well, right. I mean, like, Vanessa, Vanessa DiBernardo is probably never going to play for the U.S. She's also, I, I can't imagine, that she's never not going to play for the Red Stars. She's a Red Star for life. Um, and, yeah, to have that moment, that's the biggest, that's the biggest moment in Chicago Red Stars history. For a player, I mean, you can, I mean, you can talk about significance or whatever when it comes to result, but, like, that moment is unprecedented. Um, and having Absolutely. that be Di Bernardo was perfect. Absolutely. So everything was all level at the 37th minute when Vanessa Di Bernardo uh, dunked this ball in. And things didn't slow down. Uh, you're talking about, again, Courage came right back. Lynn Williams uh, trying to make, have an attempt. Uh, Aaron Wright coming through, trying to get an attempt on her own. Uh, there was a little bit of a uh, back and forth before these two teams uh, finally went into halftime so as halftime approached they were level at one goal apiece and prior to them going into halftime there was a moment where katie johnson was warming up uh over in the inline and the sideline area and i had caught it maybe at around the 25th or 30th minute so i'm not too sure if, if how much further before than she was being assigned to to warm up but it was just her at the moment. So I thought that there was a possibility that we would see her subbed into the second half. I didn't uh, think it was going to be that early, but like you alluded to earlier in the episode here uh, about Rory Dames and not too sure about how they were going to have to utilize their, their subs this match with players who maybe haven't, you know, uh, seen a lot of minutes or coming back from, from the world cup. So as the second half got underway, uh, Katie Johnson was the second half sub, for Tierna Davidson, uh, who exited the game, we just she said she felt a little bit of tightness uh, 
in her in her hamstring. And uh, yeah, gotta say, really liked seeing what Katie Johnson started bringing to this match um, as she went ahead and uh, subbed on. Um, I thought that in the sec to start the second half, Julia uh, to Morgan and Morgan Bryan went right back to work pretty much um, in terms of sort of helping regulate things in the midfield there. And right away, uh, Sam Kerr got a jump on, on a ball and, and a goal and it was ruled offside and the crowd sort of went wild. Um, again, yeah, thinking was, that, it, yeah. <laughs> think, thinking that it went in, it was like, you know, to go up, to go up by a second goal that early in the half is like, yeah, like, of course, like you want to, you want to be feeling yourself. Um, but, uh, that was, that was actually, uh, ruled offside, but, uh, a lot of the buildup in the early minutes of that second half, uh, was Carolina, you know, taking a punch and then Chicago coming, swinging right back. And it was really wild to see. There was a, (laughs) there was a moment where we were in the press box and we were like, Jesus, what, what were we watching the last several weeks compared to what we were watching in this first 45 minutes? It was just ridiculous. Um, the level of play that was elevated on this day, um, for, for the Red Stars specifically, I can't really speak to the Kurds because they they went a bit on a bit of a run there for their World Cup uh, portion of the schedule. But for the Red Stars, the the level of play from everybody was just um, on another on another level uh, for this match. But that that second goal for the Red Stars to pull them ahead uh, came quickly before the the 60th minute. It was around the 57th, 58th minute uh, for Sam Kerr. We spoke a little bit about already how Katie Johnson came in. And she had the vision to go ahead and feed this ball through to Sam Kerr. And while we're talking about ridiculous goals, uh, Sam Kerr on the replay had a ridiculous sequence on this goal. She nutmegged Abby Ursag twice. Twice. And then nutmegged Steph LeBay. She had three. That was a three nutmeg nutmeg play. In this sequence that led up to this, what ended up being the game winning goal. And ended up earning her Player of the Week honors. It was so ridiculous. This goal, uh, you know, again, this this match was this welcome back match from the World Cup, and you know, a player like Sam Kerr uh, came back probably much earlier than she wanted to from the World Cup, and I can't imagine the level of emotions, uh, disappointment, discouragements. Um, all of those things that you're feeling when you come back from a headspace like that. Right. And then to sort of just be able to still put on these performances that you're, that you're putting on for your team is just ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, since, since Kurt came back, they've won three of their last four. That's she, I mean, she didn't get a goal in the win against Houston, but her, her return has been monumental for the club. Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, I think it was before that that Houston match, you know, we talked a, a little bit about uh, Katie Johnson and her play with, with Sam Kerr and Yuki Nagasato, um, you know, prior to Sam Kerr leaving to the World Cup and sort of what we really liked seeing out of the three of them and that top line. And then sort of seeing a player like Katie Johnson finally get her goal, right, uh, against Houston Dash and then get this assist on this game-winning goal, against North Carolina Courage, uh, it almost sort of feels like they're picking up where they left off, which is really good uh, to see for these players. So North Carolina, you know, sort of feels like maybe, maybe they were going to sort of come on back right. and, dis- and disappoint well, some folks. Well, they brought on Crystal Dunn and Kristen Hamilton, yeah, which so that's the, hard to deal with. The substitutions, right, yeah. in this team... <laughs> The substitutions in this game were ridiculous. They were they were pretty unreal. Like because, I said, you had yeah. that you had that yeah. halftime sub right. for Katie Johnson, Tiana Davidson. You had Dabinia come off in the 62nd minute and Crystal Dunn come on. Right. You had Jess McDonald come off in the 65th and Kristen Hamilton come on. Right. Who also scored a couple of hat tricks of her own. Right. You know, and then even McCall Zerboni coming off in the 81st minute for for a player like Leah Pruitt, who right. has been a very impactful player yeah. for the courage 
during this uh, last few weeks. You right. Know? I mean, like the main thing is, is um, yes, Chicago won this game and they looked so much better. They look great. They're contenders. You watch these two teams. You think to yourself, these are two playoff teams. Um, North Carolina is so good. Um, and, you know, Dame said this in post game, which is true. Uh, Chicago finds a way to kind of snipe the courage in the regular season. Um, but, you know, I don't know if Crystal Dunn starts this game, if Sam Mewis is maybe a little bit more on top of what she's doing in the first half hour, you know, North Carolina, it's scary how good they were in this game and how much better they can even be than that. Yeah, exactly. It just, it looked like they, they looked like a very good team who was not at a hundred percent. And I didn't know, I didn't know you could, uh, be that those two things at right. once. Right. And that's what, <laughs> and that's what, and that's what the North Carolina Courage were um, in this game. As you, as per usual, they they kept it uh, very, very interesting uh, down the stretch. They came very close. Yeah. Uh, they came very, very close Hamilton to Hamilton first. Uh, right? Disappointing. Yeah. Disappointing yeah. some fans there. Um, you talking about a, a pull shot from from Hamilton? Yeah. Sam is getting a miss. Lynn Williams with a block shot. Crystal Dunn. With an attempt on her own. Mayor had to come out of the box. Talking about the most off your line. That's about as off your line as you can get. (laughs) Listen, they are coming extremely off her line, out of the box, had to make a save with her head type save. Uh, Honestly, quite, quite the moment. Um, Bit of, I love the the coaching matchup in in this game as well. Paul Riley versus Rory Dames. Uh, I loved it. The the substitution chess match kind of vibe going on. Uh, the double sub, right, for Katie Johnson in the in ninety minute plus stoppage time just because you can, right? You know, kill um, that clock. Kill that clock. Uh, it was so many things happened in this game um, that you couldn't have asked for anything uh, more. And I think that a lot of people. Uh, went home happy from this match whether they were uh, in the stands or on the pitch and uh, it just felt this win compared to maybe a couple of the other wins that the Red Stars have finally gotten recently just felt a little bit different versus I mean, uh, I, I, t- I talked about this. Everything I said about North Carolina is true. I think Chicago was better on the day, but that doesn't necessarily mean a ton um, going into – they're not going to see – if they see North Carolina again this year, it's going to be in the postseason. That was the end of their series. Um, but, you know, you and I talked about this a little bit back before the Red Stars started losing a lot of games where we were talking about – holding together that 4-3-3 so that they'll be ready when everyone comes back. Um, And they kind of did that and lost a lot of games. But also it meant that once everyone came back, they looked a little bit sharper than some of the other teams who who changed their formations, including North Carolina. Part of the difference was North Carolina abandoned their box midfield while they didn't have the personnel, which makes a lot of sense, and got them to the top of the table during that period. But then there's some adjustment in redefining that formation once your starters are back. Um, I think Portland saw a, a similar issue on Friday, uh, where Chicago just kind of stuck with what they were doing, lost, you know, too many games, honestly. But you know, they they let they stuck with it, and then when everyone came back, you have Di Bernardo who had been playing at the ten for the last two months. She was ready for that. You kind of slot everybody in, and they looked really sharp. Um, we, we've complained about how Chicago wasn't playing with an eight. Um, turns out they were just waiting for Morgan Bryan to come back. Maybe there's some method to the madness of playing with gaps so that once those gaps are filled, you can be ready to go right away. I don't know if that was the plan. I'm sure Chicago would have liked to win more games during this stretch, but we saw, I think, the immediate impact of sticking sticking with the the vision there, even though you're dropping points. Yeah, um, the epitome of playing through it, right? Uh, for sure. And I think some of the performances that we saw, you know, even with some of the more recent wins um, that took place over this course of time, you know, we said that 
the Houston match was them winning ugly and right. them having to sort of dig deeper into a place where maybe they haven't had to in a long time and sort of remind themselves that that's who they can be when they need to be that way, even though that they prefer to maybe play more, right. you know, a little bit sophisticated versus yeah. versus that kind of way. So, And, um, and also, I, I don't want to place too much value on this, but I think you do see too, like, I think we're seeing – we're seeing, we're just seeing some things play out. Um, Danny Colaprico has kind of looked hurt for a lot of this season. Turns out she's kind of hurt. Uh, Vanessa DiBernardo's a collaborator. Turns out she just needs some people to collaborate with, and then she can go fucking ape shit, you know? Um, I just think that this team, they are who they are, and we struggled with that for a while. But also, that means that they can put together a performance like the one we saw on Sunday. And, you know, you kind of have to take you have to take your blows, right? You have to kind of absorb what you have to and then duke it out when you got the strength for it. I don't know. I think the kids might be all right. Yeah. I think they might be all right. This win for the Red Stars uh, launched them into the upper half of the table. They sit in third place currently with 20 points. And... um before we dip into previewing next week's game, is there any final thoughts you have on this match before we go into that? Um, I guess my only one major, my only other one that I have not yet exhausted is um, it's crazy that Julie Ertz played 19 minutes in the Jesus game. Christ! <laughs> she trained oh for like my two days. God. Ugh. I, yeah. You know, yeah, I'm gonna piggyback on that as well uh, because. Again, part of all of this uh, build-up to this game included um, a media session yeah, with yeah. these four specific players, and I was fortunate enough to make that and be able to go. And um, I guess I also will take this moment to go on rec on record in this in this podcast. And you know, the rest stars definitely played through it. They they gave us some soccer that was uh, challenged us as you know two people who cover this team. Um, to cover that in sort of a fair and honest kind of way. And there were moments when you and I had to be on this podcast and sort of had to be the ones asking those questions or trying to dig or seek those answers out. And <clears throat> I do know that there were moments in this podcast where we were like, well, what's, what's going on? Um, who's it going to be? Where's a player that's going to, you know, sort of come up and be that one specific person and sort of some of the um, answers that we were getting from that uh, in postgame sessions and trying to piece all that together, right? Um, And having these players return and then having their fearless leader in Julie Ertz back, right, who we heard so much about even when she was gone. Um, and what she brings to the team, both on and off the pitch. What did what did what did Rory just say? He said like Julie is. She tells the players like how to move in the midfield and then like what to eat for lunch. <laughs> yeah, and it was so great to sort of have these players back and yeah. be in this media session and be able to talk to them about Red Star stuff. Like uh, Morgan Bryan and Tina Davidson were the two <laughs> were the two players who were in France. And pushing their bedtime and actually watching these difficult Red Stars games in France. <laughs> so there were moments where they were staying up late and pushing their bedtimes and like watching their teammates sort of had to play through these things without them, you know, versus maybe somebody like Alyssa Nair or Jumiers had to get get those full eight hours, right? Um, and sort of just sort of keeping up on them while being away and then asking somebody like Tierna Davidson is, you know, who got her first start as a professional against Carolina courage and what it means to, to go up against them again, you know, in this match and that she was very excited about it, that she thought it was the perfect game for these players who are coming back from the world cup to just hit the ground running. And she was correct in that assessment. And we're asking somebody like Julie Ertz, who's the captain of this team, what the hell do you guys got to do? And Julie Ertz is keeping it real and being like, uh, we got to win games. That's yeah. what we got to do. Right. We got to win games and get points and win. And like, sometimes you just need somebody to be that bitch. 
and uh, you can totally tell that it's Juilliard. Yep. And it's great to have her back. Um, so she went 90 minutes in this match. Um, the next match isn't going is also a Sunday match. They're going to be heading on the road uh, to Washington, to the great city of Tacoma, and they will be facing Rain FC. And uh, this will be the first visit that they're going to check out this Cheney Stadium, right? And honestly, as we were off mic prepping for this podcast, we're not too sure what the rain are going to look like against Chicago Red Stars. They've gone through massive roster changes over the last week, but then also before that, I genuinely don't know. I really have no idea what they're going to look like. Uh, I think uh, similar to maybe what we saw in this match, maybe a little more so. Uh, I know I talked a little bit about the coaching and seeing Riley and, and Dame sort of uh, sort of try to outcoach each other there. I think maybe there might be a heavier emphasis on that in this type of match with a coach like Vletko. Because, um, yeah, just personnel-wise, I just think these two teams, this will also be the – this will be the third and final time yep, that they be, face each this other. Final, this will this be the, the regular yeah. season. And they've so. swapped. They've swapped wins. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens. Honestly, yes. the, the Red Stars tend to play, even you know, even the Seattle Reign, they tend to play them pretty well away. Um, but, like, like the Reign are not a team that Chicago – there are some teams that Chicago um, gets kind of spooked by. The Reign are not one of them. Um, but – yeah, I don't know. It'll just depend. I think probably um, the issue with it being away is that if there was anyone whose muscles were feeling kind of tight during this game or anything like that, traveling can be hard. Um, so we'll see kind of what Chicago's lineup looks like. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. The Rain are a very well-coached team. I, they, I would say um, with all the pieces – Chicago has all their pieces now. Uh, the rain w- don't and will not because of some of their season-ending injuries. So you would hope that you would see kind of class win out. And that's not a dig against the rain. That's just the circumstances that they find themselves in this season. Um, but you never know. I don't know. They figure stuff out. The rain are very yeah, they smart. Do. There's been a win apiece for both of these teams. And typically between these two teams – it's been physical battles and right. draws, and we haven't seen a draw yet between these two that teams. That wouldn't shock me if we saw a draw. Yeah, so uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it would be a draw. Would love a win, though. Would love the hell out of a win. It seems like uh, they should be able to, but you just never know. Yeah, you just never know. Do you have any players that you want to have an impact in this game? Um, Or that think that they could? I would say, based on watching the rain play... I just think, I think whoever plays in the mid, whoever plays the six, whether it's Julie Ertz or whether Cola Prico can can kind of get back into it, um, that's going to be big. I would imagine Allie Long will see quite a few minutes in this game because she didn't play a ton for the U.S. Um, and then I am equally so. Yeah, I, I would say that my biggest question mark and also just who I think is going to have to be kind of sturdy is that center triangle of the two center backs and whoever the six is um it'd be i'll be really interested to see if chicago changes it up or if they stick with what worked this sunday let's have aaron wright up high again yeah i would like that yeah just for fun Uh let's just do it i like i like that yeah i don't i i like what i like that katie johnson and even in just her first year here, the chemistry that she's built with some of these players and the fact that she could come off of the bench and still do what she's doing, yeah, uh, I think is huge. Yeah. So, uh, again, I think depending on where players' fitness is, right? We already said that Turner Davidson uh, got to bow with a bit of tightness. Um, so, yeah, having Aaron Wright higher up on that top, top line and sort of helps preserve that defensive sub, right? So... Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing that again. Yeah, just do the Uh, same thing that they did on Sunday. You mean kind of prep for that? Yeah, why not, right? Morgan Bryan rules. Yeah, right. (laughs) Like the end. 
<laughs> Claire, it's been a wild one. It's been really good. Where can the good people find you and your work? Yeah. Um, yeah. Specifically, you know, I, I um, I'm, I've got a, I'm gonna have a piece coming out this week um, on the Equalizer, just kind of digging into some of the stuff that Chicago did to pull that big number on Sunday um at a at a local level um so yeah equalizer soccer um i do game recaps on hot time and you can follow me on twitter if you'd like to <laughs> um but you don't have to uh and that's uh scout ripley which is also the name of my musical project support your chicago local band scott ripley they're awesome they're chill they do all the podcast music for all your favorite podcasts, including this one. Uh, if you want to find me in uh, my work, I too have some fun stuff out on Equalizer at the moment. Um, spoke a bit with Sam Mewis, Crystal Dunn, Julie Ertz, Morgan Bryan, sort of about their journeys from uh, the U20 World Cup team to now. And that's on the Equalizer. Uh, I'm also going to be having a really cool um, feature with Maria yeah, Sanchez. I'm and... going to hype this. You guys <laughs> have to read this. You have to. Um, yeah. You don't I, have a choice. I have a really cool thing coming out with Maria Sanchez and Katie Johnson, guys. And basically, if you just want to read about a bunch of Mexican kids hanging out in Chicago, you should read this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and that's also going to be on uh, Equalizer. If you want to find some other specific uh, Red Stars content for me and Claire, you can find that at Hot Time in L-Town. We'll usually hit you guys up with previews, uh, recaps, and key points and things that we learned through the match on Hot Time in L-Town, so you can uh, check that out there. If you feel like following me and my shenanigans, you can also do that on Twitter if you like. That's at Sandrera underscore. That's H-E-R-R-E-R-A underscore. But if you don't do anything else, if you don't feel like following me and Claire on Twitter, if you don't feel like reading our work, you should definitely continue your support of the Southside Trap Podcast, a podcast that helps you stay on side with the Chicago Red Stars. You can do that on all social media channels, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Southside Trap Pod with one letter P. And you can go ahead and listen to us on Podbean, Spotify, and iTunes. And when you go and find us, you should definitely subscribe, uh, leave us a rating. Uh, that stuff helps us out tremendously when you do that. So we appreciate that. We appreciate you. This podcast and this weekend's win was for you. You should enjoy it. It is what you deserve. And we will be back next week with a recap of Rain in Chicago. Peace.